Hello everyone and welcome back to the sign of the daughter. So today I wanted to make quite a short quick podcast about some of the things that have been going on lately uh, in the American political climate as well as uh, some of the predictions I have for the 2020 elections. Obviously I'm going to talk about the 2020 elections in a lot more detail once they come closer. I'll be breaking down candidates, their policies, things like that, who I think should win the nomination from uh, the Republicans, who I think should win the nomination from the Democrats, um, but who I actually think will win the nomination regardless of my personal preference. Uh, All of that I'll go into a lot more detail as we come closer to the 2020 elections. But for now, I wanted to start with talking about Ilan Omar and the, the recent tweets put out by Donald Trump and the entire controversy surrounding that. I've seen several different uh, news sources talk about how Trump has put out blatantly racist tweets. This isn't even in the opinion section of the news source. It literally is a news article which is supposed to be reporting what happens. And they're just injecting their opinion and smearing Donald Trump, as the news media always does. They smear all kinds of people on the right. They call people like Ben Shapiro, Jordan Peterson, Milo Yiannopoulos. They call them all Nazis and far-right extremists. Uh, so it's nothing new. But I would think at least that they'd try to be a bit more subtle about it. But, I mean, I can't really expect much from the media. So when I saw that they were talking about Trump being racist, obviously, the, my first thought is that I'm skeptical of it because I know that this always happens. The media always smears Trump, always smears people on the right. So I said, okay, let's give them the benefit of the doubt and open the tweet. And I saw that it was simply Trump telling Ilan Omar to go back to her own country if she doesn't like the US. And I understand how out of context some people might find this racist. I mean, it's not racist in any case, but out of context, certain people, if somebody just says that Donald Trump said to this woman, go back to your country, we don't want you here. If they don't have any context, if they don't have any context about what Ilhan Omar said, about the things that she's done, about how she's commented on the United States of America, uh, then, okay, I can understand, some people might find that racist, but that's not what happened. Ilhan Omar has shown blatant disrespect to America and its values, shown blatant disrespect to the Constitution. There's nothing about her policies, nothing about her that shows that represents anything about American values. She has criticized America in all kinds of ways. She's been unwilling to denounce terrorist attacks, denounce terrorist organizations, and has in fact even shown support by being silent over such terrorist attacks and has shown blatant anti-Semitism. She is very anti-Israel, and even if you're simply anti-Zionist or anti-Israel, that's not really that much of a problem. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're an anti-Semite. But in her case, she's made many comments of that sort. While I won't go into detail about the things that she said, I'm sure anybody listening to this podcast has been checking the news, been seeing what she's been saying, and knows that everything about her, everything she stands for, is very against American values. It has nothing to do with the color of her skin. It does have something to do with her religion because her religion, the nature of the religion is such that a lot of people end up being fundamentalists, extremists. The religion itself has a lot of antiquated and immoral beliefs and standards. There's a lot of things when it comes to sexism, when it comes to homophobia, killing gays, um, mutilating women, a rape culture, There's all kinds of messed up things that happen in 
Islamic countries. Some people might say that, okay, that's just Islamic countries. That's not the religion itself. And I mean, while that isn't valid, considering the fact that a lot of these things come from the Quran and Sharia law itself is considered the divine law of Allah, uh, I would still give them the benefit of doubt. But the thing is, the fact is that the majority of people, or at least a large portion who are Muslim, believe in these kinds of things. They believe in the, uh, the death penalty for people speaking bad about Islam. They show uh, support for terrorist attacks, or at least are unwilling to comment about it, sh showing that they're in the closet about their support, but they actually do have some kind of support, or at least not disapproval of the terrorist attacks that go on. Uh, but there's a lot of things like these that prove that the beliefs of Muslims show that they do have such beliefs, such antiquated beliefs, and uh, beliefs that for are frankly not compatible with Western society. So I don't entirely believe in a ban of Muslims in the country, but I do understand skepticism about letting them in, and obviously, like any other people, they should go through a long vetting process. But I'm going off on a tangent. My point is that the fact that Ilan Omar is uh, Muslim and somewhat fundamentalist, it does impact the things that she says, the policies that she supports, and all of the anti-Semitism that's been going on lately. So I'm not entirely surprised. I knew she was always like this ever since she came into office. But lately with what she, she's been saying and how Trump has responded, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Nothing racist about it. It's just, it's completely valid. If you don't like the country, if you're going to complain about the country so much, you might as well go back to your own country. Now, I understand trying to improve the country, and that's the job of politicians, and that's what they should aim to do. But if you're going to go against everything it stands for and its foundational values and things that are written in the Constitution and are not supposed to be abandoned, then... If you're going to complain, if you're not going to do anything about it, if you're going to completely contradict and go against all of these values, then I don't see any problem with somebody saying that if you don't like it, just go back to your own country. So there was nothing racist about that and nothing bad about that. In fact, it's it's a normal response. I understand the chant at Trump's rallies about sending her back if taken out of context, once again, can be seen as racist or at least um, bad, not not necessarily the best way to respond to her, but she does deserve it. The things that she says, says, the things that she supports, it's warranted. She had it coming her way. There's nothing else to say about that. So going on to uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, obviously, since the beginning, since her campaign, she's been saying all kinds of stupid stuff. Not only stuff that I disagree with, by the way, not only political disagreements, but factually incorrect things, completely incorrect things that just show her lack of intelligence. But more recently, she spoke to Tom Homan about ICE, the family separation, detaining illegal immigrants and things like that. So she was blaming him of doing racist things, of separating families when they don't deserve to be separated and he rightly explained that anybody who commits a crime is who has a family is separated from their family when they go to jail they are separated from their family that's just what how it works if you commit a crime you're going to be separated for your fam from your family because there is no reason that your children should be punished for your acts 
And that's something that's very important to consider even when you're talking about illegal immigrants who come into the country. And I understand the argument about people who say that um, things like DACA had some place because of the fact that children shouldn't be punished for their parents' crimes. But there's other ways to go about it. Instead of making a political amnesty, instead of allowing illegal immigrants to continue to pour into the country. But once again, I'm going off on a tangent. My point is that when Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was talking with Tom Homan, she was completely destroyed, completely debunked. Uh, after he made that claim, after he said that if you if you commit a crime, you're separated from your family, she immediately responded by saying, seeking asylum is not a crime. <laughs> and he said, yeah, it's not. If you come through the port of entry, if you show all of the documents required and you actually apply for asylum like everybody else does in the proper fashion, in the legal fashion, then it's not a crime. But if you're illegally going to cross the border and a border patrol officer is going to catch you, you are going to be detained, you are going to be arrested, and you are going to be separated from your family. That's just how it is. At least until something can be done about it, you will be separated from your family. Now, as far as having inhumane conditions in such places goes, obviously this shouldn't be the case. But there's no verifiable way of saying that there are terrible conditions uh, in such places. But this is a case for many criminals. They, they don't exactly have a great place to stay while they're on trial. That's just how it is. So there's that about illegal immigration. I've talked about illegal immigration in more detail uh, in other podcasts, talked about the problems with illegal immigration, talk, talked about why it's important to crack down on illegal immigration uh, and things like that. So I won't go into much depth about that now. Uh, so what I wanted to talk about after this was, like I said, the 2020 elections. So I'm just going to briefly uh, go over what I think uh, could happen in the 2020 elections, as far as the nomination, as far as who's going to win, as far, as far as how close it's going to get. So firstly, I think that out of the Democratic Party, there are, there are obviously many, many, many candidates, but only a few of them actually stand a chance, and I'm only going to talk about the more popular ones. So as far as Bernie Sanders and Andrew Yang are concerned, they both have a sort of grassroots movement, and they're... And Bernie, I wouldn't say that he's very likable, but Andrew Yang is likable even if his ideology and his policies are frankly quite ridiculous. But because of the fact that they have similar ideologies and Yang is just a less crazy and exaggerated version of Bernie Sanders uh, as far as his policy making is concerned, I do think that they will split the progressive vote because there are a lot of progressives that will support Yang and there's a lot of progressives that will stay loyal to Bernie Sanders. And back when Bernie Sanders... Uh, was running in 2016, he would have really given Trump a run from, for his money. There's even a possibility that he would have won because he had that grassroots movement. He had that engagement from his base. It, it may not even be his ideology. In fact, it wasn't his ideology. A lot of them didn't care about his ideology and didn't understand much about it. But the way he engaged his base and the way he built this grassroots movement is what helped him gain an edge. Uh, and if it wasn't rigged against him, he would have easily beaten Hillary Clinton, and he would have possibly beaten Donald Trump. This time, I don't think it's going to happen because there are other candidates, and especially because there's Andrew Yang who will uh, split the vote. So, given the fact that the front runner from 2016, he would have been if Hillary Clinton didn't rig it against him, uh, given the fact that he's out of the race, I would say then who will get the nomination, the Democratic nomination, that is? Um, 
it's really hard to say, but I'll I'll go ahead and eliminate a few more. Bernie Yang probably not going to get it because of the fact that they were going to split the vote. Tulsi Gabbard, so she's probably my favorite Democrat. I think she's the most sane out of all of the candidates. But for that very reason, and for the reason that the Democratic Party have go- has gone off the rails, as well as its supporters have gone off the rails uh, ever since Trump's election, and slowly this has been happening, that the Democrats have be- be- have started to become more extreme, started to go further to the left. I wouldn't really say that the Republicans have gone further to the right, but they are definitely more hard on the way they deal with things and more firm with what they believe in, and I think that is a good thing. Um, but back to the point, Tulsi Gabbard, even though she's the most sane and the best candidate from the Democratic Party, I actually wouldn't mind if she won. I mean, I would prefer Trump. I would prefer other Republicans, uh, not all of them, but some of them. But if I had to choose a Democrat uh, to be president, then I would undoubtedly go with Tulsi Gabbard. But for that very reason, for the reason that she has some right-wing support, and for the reason that the Democratic Party has become further, further and further, has gone further and further to the left, has gone further and further off the rails, and because of the fact that she's a lot more sane compared to the rest, she won't get the nomination, and it'll be someone else. Now, the question of who it will be will still remain, but I think that it is possible that it could be Kamala Harris. And I know what you're thinking. She's terrible. I hate her as well. A lot of the things that she said, I remember her questioning someone from ICE and comparing ICE to the KKK and things like that. Ridiculous things like that. So, of course, I don't agree with practically anything she says, but I think there's a possibility that she could win. Partly because she's a woman. Um, That's one thing that really, uh, you know, (laughs) gets the Democratic base and the the DNC happy. They're like, okay, we want a woman to represent us didn't really work out that well for them in 2016. It wasn't really because she was a woman. It was because of how she acted, the corruption, all of the things that she's done, all of the things that she said, Benghazi, the email scandal. There's so much against her. So it had nothing to do with the fact that she was a woman. But um, in this case, uh, I mean, Kamala Harris is not quite as bad as Hillary Clinton, but also has a lot of bad qualities. But I still do think that she has a good chance of winning the nomination and partly because of the fact that she has these bad qualities uh, that Democrats like and that the DNC likes. The DNC itself, I, th- I remember the, the leader or whatever of the DNC uh, said that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is the future of the, of the DNC or something of that sort. So that just shows how far off the rails it's gone, how far left it's gone. So somebody who is hard left and somebody who is a bit extreme in that sort, even though she's not that extreme, but in that sort, if she is quite extreme, uh, then they have a good chance of getting the nomination. I doubt Cory Booker will get it. I think out of the ones that I know right now, I think Kamala Harris is probably the front runner. That leaves uh, Joe Biden, who I previously thought could have been the front runner and most certainly would have been if a lot hadn't changed over the last few years, considering the fact that he is the least extreme of the few. And that a lot of people, a lot of moderates, would go for him. It would be a threat to the presidency because a lot of moderates won't want to vote for Donald Trump, uh, and some of them will want to vote for Joe Biden. But since all of the things 
happened with his him being him touching women and all that or whatever i don't think it has anything to do with sexual assault or anything of that sort but his style is very old and it's very i don't know how to say it it's quite outdated only old people or more old people will tend to support him because of the fact that a lot of younger democrats have shown oppose opposition to him have have called out things that he said uh, and have talked about all of the things about how they felt uncomfortable with with him touching them and things like that so given all of that i doubt that now he can win the nomination especially since the dnc and the democratic party and its members have gone further and further off the rails and have become further and further left so somebody more moderate like himself won't have that good of a chance winning the nomination anyway now when we're talking about the general election if he ended up getting the nomination he would have quite a good chance against trump but getting the democratic nomination would be very 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 tough for him at this point so of course i'm going to talk a lot more in detail about um the democratic nomination about the 2020 elections about the republican nomination all of that in future episodes especially more and more uh, as we start to near the 2020 elections and as we start to get into more and more debates uh, democratic debates and republican deb debates so i'll definitely be doing commentary on that so i hope that's something to look forward to but for now that'll do it for me today at the sign of the dollar thank you for listening